From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Friday, March 19th, 2021. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. In the next several weeks, all adults in Ohio will become eligible to receive a coronavirus vaccine, but will there be enough supply of the doses to keep up? Angela Reigard spoke with Ohio's chief medical officer, Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff. By March 29th, all Ohioans over the age of 16 will be eligible to get a COVID-19 vaccine. That's the upside. The downside? Undoubtedly, there are going to be times when people go to sign up and they have to wait Uh, you know, a little longer to get a spot in line. Some places are letting you book your vaccine appointment ahead of when you're eligible. Others are not. You have to just check and see. Either way, most places aren't booking people too far in advance. Adults like to ask, will I be able to pick my vaccine? That also depends. Most places tend to get one brand more than others. You can look around for the one you want, but does it really matter? As a doctor, I am very supportive of any Ohioan choosing any of these three vaccines because from my point of view, they all get the job done. Reporting in Columbus, Angela Rygard. Governor Mike DeWine says Ohio continues to nudge closer to the threshold needed for him to drop all health orders, but there is a ways to go. ONN's Dave James reports. DeWine says Ohio needs to drop below 50 cases per 100,000 people. Two weeks ago, we were just under 180 cases per 100,000 across the state. Last Thursday, 155. Today, we are at 143.8. DeWine says 25 counties are below 100, and of those, five are below 50. Meg's and Vinton in southeast Ohio, and Auglaize, Mercer, and Shelby in western Ohio. Dave James, I went in news. Mass vaccination sites are being used all over the state to help get people vaccinated, and yesterday, a four-day clinic began at St. John Arena in Columbus. Olivia Eugenio has the story. Kroger is administering the vaccine at St. John Arena. The arena is one of the two clinics the grocery store chain is hosting in Ohio. There is another in Cincinnati. Combined, they're hoping to administer more than 25,000 vaccines. It is a mass effort. It's all hands on deck. We have anywhere from uh, 50 to 60 Kroger pharmacists completing registration and vaccination. Uh, And it's really a group effort. Vaccinations will continue at St. John Arena throughout the weekend. In Columbus, Olivia Eugenio. Bowling Green State University is bringing in former U.S. Attorney Dave DeVillers to investigate the alleged hazing death of a student earlier this month. The Columbus Dispatch reports Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost approved the appointment of DeVillers, a former U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Ohio, to investigate the death of BGSU student Stone Foltz. DeVillers resigned from the U.S. Attorney position last month. The 20-year-old Foltz died March 7th, days after an alleged hazing incident involving, quote, copious amounts of alcohol, end quote, at a Pi Kappa Alpha event off campus. Officials have since stripped the fraternity of its status as a student organization. Many Ohioans who are working from home during the pandemic are still paying income taxes to the city in which their job is located, even if they're now working outside of that city. Mark Namick reports. Lawsuits are trying to stop this practice, arguing income taxes can be collected only by cities in which the work is being performed. The Buckeye Institute, a conservative-leaning advocacy group, has filed four lawsuits on behalf of employees no longer commuting to their jobs in Columbus, Cincinnati, and Toledo. The suits could force cities to refund millions of dollars. The law will expire 90 days after Governor DeWine lifts his emergency order, which could come soon. I'm Mark Namick.
Rulings against the cities could result in the reallocation of tax funds, including refunds to many Ohioans across the state, but the issue could take years to resolve. Ohio's townships are fighting for their share of the stimulus funding bill signed by President Joe Biden last week. ONN's Steve Vaughn explains. Townships in Ohio haven't received a dime of the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan due to a glitch between the House and Senate versions of the bill. Ohio townships make up one-third of the state's population, so to be eliminated from this, we're where others are receiving it directly, there was a concern. Christine Matisic is a Liberty Township trustee in Butler County. She says the Ohio Township Association is meeting with the state's congressional delegation to come up with a solution. Steve Vaughn, ONN. Authorities in central Ohio have released more information about a homicide suspect and his victim, both of whom died in separate incidents on Wednesday. Yolanda Harris has the latest. Police say 45-year-old Misty Davis was found dead inside a room at the Motel 6 when a worker went in to clean. Police suspect her boyfriend, 48-year-old Jason Goundry, killed her and took off in her car. According to state prison records, Goundry was released from prison in May of last year. He pleaded guilty to aggravated robbery in 2016. Police located Goundry at the YMCA men's shelter on West Long Street in Columbus. When they tried to make contact with him, he jumped from a window and died. I'm Yolanda Harris. With March Madness getting underway and Ohio State, Ohio University, and Cleveland State all involved, bar and restaurant owners are hoping to see a boost in business this weekend. Tino Ramos has more with John Barker, who heads the Ohio Restaurant Association. March Madness is one of those events that doesn't last for just one day. It's several weeks of games, multiple games per day that can be watched at many of the establishments. This is big and critical at a time when these establishments have been battling the effects of the pandemic. Many restaurants are still down, but between 20 and 70% versus their numbers pre-pandemic. So they have a long way to come back, but a week like March Madness or you know, a two-week period of time can help close that gap a little bit because a year ago, remember, we didn't have it. In Columbus, Tino Ramos. A shareholder lawsuit has been filed against an electric truck startup company in Northeast Ohio claiming it has defrauded investors. ONN's Dave James reports. The federal lawsuit filed in Youngstown claims Lordstown Motors has misled investors about the number of trucks that have been pre-ordered and when production will begin at the massive assembly plant the company bought from General Motors in 2019. Plaintiff Matthew Rico seeks to have the lawsuit certified as a class action complaint. One of the company's first prototypes caught fire in January, 10 minutes into its initial test drive. A company spokesperson did not respond to a request for comment. Dave James, I went in news. Social distancing from COVID-19 is graduating into a little more of the norm at one Northeast Ohio college. Michael Kelly has the details. Kent State University announced plans on Thursday to host 2021 and 2022 commencement ceremonies in person after 2020's COVID outbreak forced graduation to be called off. KSU President Todd Dykin says outdoor ceremonies will take place the week of May 10th as well as virtually on May 15th. He also noted that alumni from the 2020 class will be invited back for a sort of do-over with an in-person event on homecoming weekend this fall. Michael Kelly, ONN News. And Governor DeWine has scheduled primary and special elections needed to fill a vacant congressional seat in Northeast Ohio. Dave James has the details. Democratic Congresswoman Marsha Fudge has been confirmed to head the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. DeWine has set a primary for Fudge's seat on August 3rd and a special election November 2nd. The district includes parts of Akron and Cleveland. The winner of the November special election will take office immediately. Fudge had represented the district in the House since 2008. 
Dave James, ONN News. Special thanks to affiliate stations WBNS-TV in Columbus and WKYC-TV in Cleveland for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.